Evening all, this is two minutes for Chan episode 70 and this episode is entitled Rant. Well, I've not actually heard the rant but I've been I've been told there could be one uh, and we've just got the general um, dire situation to cover that seems to be seems to be going on as long as the storms at the moment. So we'll get to that at some point, um, but and and hopefully some other lighter news after that. But uh, you know, it's it's a negative, a negative topic again of the clan stuff, and uh, where better place to start than two two more defeats? Yeah, that's it. Um, going into the weekend, a big weekend for us. Two huge games against teams just above us, and. Uh, Again, the team fall flat in their face. Um, game against Guildford on Saturday, which ended in a a two a four two home defeat, and then on Sunday a five three away defeat at Coventry. Um, specifics about those games, we don't know too much because neither of us were at at them. But obviously, we're we're perfectly placed to comment, having watched. <laughs> All highlights, all goal videos, and read all social media commentaries. Yep, that's you know with any good podcast. Um, talking about sporting events, yeah, maybe it helps to to go to some of the games, but um, if not, then you know you need to rely on other people. So that's exactly what we'll do. Yeah, and um, this, the game on Saturday, there there are highlights and plenty of content out there. Um, all in all, not not great, obviously. Guildford, we continue our terrible run against Guildford. I don't really know when that's going to end. Um, but we went behind after six or so minutes, a Jamie Crooks goal. Matt Puffal tied it up, but then goals from Lindhagen, Davis, and Lindhagen again, um, with only a, a Chad Rowe consolation, really. Well, I think he made it 3 2 at the time, but, um, yeah. you know, it was almost too little, too late, you could say. Um, but, yeah, that, that terrible run against Guildford continues, and, um, I think it seemed to be a case that they got the better of us in in special teams, killing off penalties and also scoring a power play goal themselves. Um, but you know, the typical the typical Guildford outcome can't really score against them, and we seem to concede quite a few as well. Yeah, um, it's a carbon copy of every other game against Guildford. Um, Obviously we weren't there, but judging by people that were at the game, seemed to say that it was pretty flat and uh, there wasn't really much an atmosphere. Clint played well for maybe a period, and that seems to be a a running theme as well with it with this team. Can't put sixty minutes together. The um, Paul Dixon said after it that he thought it was a quite an even game um, which you know maybe it was in the general passage of play 
but the high, the highlights. I think it looked like the ice was tilted a wee bit, and um, we just don't really look as dangerous as other teams, um, for whatever reason, and uh, obviously struggling to score and not keeping them out. So all in all, not good, and uh, from a position that we thought. Uh, I, I don't actually remember if, if we'd said from the weekend last week where we're going to get the two points from that home game or away game, but I think you probably would guess the home game. But Yeah, yeah, I think we said um, if we were going to get two points it would be against Guildford, which is daft, actually, I think. Yeah, you know, realistically, it's <laughs> we're just never <laughs> going to beat them. Um right. And it'd be interesting to look back at the overall record of goals scored and conceded against them. But I think it'd be quite ugly. Um, mm. But yeah, so not really good. I don't think there's too much to say on the game uh, other than you, you've you already touched on a classic case of Clan v Guilford. Yeah, I mean, Guilford had won power play in the whole game and they scored from it. Um, yeah, the empty net at the end, you could, you know, probably rule that out. But yeah, yeah. Um, same again against Coventry, another empty netter there as well. So, we're, you know, we're not we're not doing terribly, but it's just um, we need to try and find something from somewhere, and you know, to get us to to play a full game, we need to be playing. Playing well for for all three periods in a game to to come out with to come out of the game with anything at this stage. Yeah, and I think it it started well from all accounts in the first period and maybe some of the second against Coventry on Sunday. Um, we did take a three-one lead. I think we were leading three-one uh, at one point in the second, weren't we? Um, before Blaze equalised and then it was just <coughs> from from reading the updates and stuff it just looked like the inevitable couple of goals then the equaliser and then the, the go ahead goal from Coventry was coming and they've, they've obviously been playing really well I think they're actually top of the league form table in the last uh, period of time not sure exactly how many games but uh you know, they, they're always dangerous and when you see that they're getting back in the game and the way that we can't seem to put together that 60 minutes, uh, it just leads to leads to problems and in the end, looks like we were quite badly outplayed in that last 20. Yeah, um, again, this was a kind of a strange start to, to a game, clan coming out and getting a go earlier, Recall is doing that too often, um, but then you know within the space of a minute, it's level again. And, um, but you know the team at that point kicked on and as you said made it three one. We're three one up, um, more than halfway through the second period. But again, just I can't really tell what it is with this team. But um, going into the third period. Seeding another two power play goals, 
uh, and then an empty netter again with 18 seconds to go but you know really we need to be doing better um, in a number of areas yeah a short handed goal as well for, for Tansky and all that yep um, a goal and an assist for Travis Earhart um, but I mean we know how good uh, Coventry's power play has been recently our penalty kill is dire I think we're by far the worst so um, it is a case of shooting ourselves in the foot I don't know what the calls were like if they were soft or whatever but either way you can't be given teams power plays when you've got an atrocious penalty kill I understand that sometimes penalties are going to be taken but um, just looking yeah. at uh, the game sheet I think we had five five minor penalties that we took yeah. in that game um, which is you know three or four too many against that kind of team and they punished us and a, yeah. a, a confident team like that knows okay they're 3-1 down but when somebody seems to get a, a bit of a run of momentum against us and gets a goal or two then we just seem to crumble yeah, that's it, and it, you know, ten penalty minutes isn't isn't terrible during a game, but the way that we're playing just now, we're we're really easy to play against. Um, just going going by special teams, uh, and yeah, we did get a short-handed goal, um, but you know, we didn't really make anything of that. Um, you know, that should have given us a bit of confidence. Um, but for whatever reason, it's not. And I think a few people have said that um, there's, a, you know, you can see it by looking at the players on the ice. It looks as if there's there's no confidence. They're not playing with any confidence. So um, it's been that way for for too long now. Things need to change. Yeah, is it? I was going to say it's a shame. A shame's not really the word. You can tell that they're not. It's a wee shame. <laughs> that, that they are struggling and obviously Fitzy and whatever else is just not not really able to find the answer at the moment. And with only, um, I think, what, 12 games to go now uh, and, a, and a lot of tough ones thrown in there, we are in a position now where... Um, you know, we really. I know we've said this the past couple of times we've we've recorded, but we really are in danger of of not making the playoffs, and then it's it's pretty serious. Um, we'll see what happens, but if that was the case, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I think they've got to maybe look at um, a fresh approach in in whatever areas, whether it's recruitment or management or whatever. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, I can I can dive into my essay if you. Want. <laughs> yeah, as good as good a time as any, really, I suppose. Um, unless it's kind of not quite on this topic, and we can come round to it. But I guess I'm guessing it is. It's just kind of it's uh, it's about everything. Okay. Um, but I'll start. I'll start with the team itself. Oh, um, you've you've even you've even sectioned it out. 
<laughs> well, not really, but well, I suppose I have in a way, but it's just the way it's sort of came out. Right. Okay, go for it. Right, I'll, I'll go and get my I'll go and get my tea and digestives. I was going to say that. I put the kettle on. Make sure you're sitting comfortably. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So I'll just I'll just start out with with my overall kind of thoughts then. So as a team, we've not scored more than three goals in a game uh, since Fife and Hogmanay. So that's fourteen games. Forwards, they're not doing enough collectively at the moment. Um, looking back, we had three top point scorers in the top ten back in November. The top point scorer now is Bierm, and he's thirtieth in the league, and not an out-and-out goal scorer. Laporte and Rowe are also tied on on thirty-three points. Scott Pitt sitting on eight goals for the season. And Becker's on 12. For whatever reason, that has not worked out this year. Yep. Defence. Oh, sorry. But I mean, you can you can jump in whenever. No, I, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say it just shows you the the decline, really, doesn't it? Um, mm. That n- not to have any of the in the top top 30 point scorers really is a, a reflection of of the struggles. Um. You know, it's not it's not a direct correlation if you've got all the top point scorers are m- not necessarily the, the top team, but it it definitely helps. And yeah, I think it is. It's at that stage where you look at Pitt, Becker, etc. That's just not twenty goals between the two of them. I don't know what the assists are like, but probably not too much better. But it's just not not good. No. Um. So that's that's kind of the forwards. Defensively, you know, there's always been an issue there for me. Um, we've now conceded the most goals in the league, and our defence is now the worst. Penalty kill, as you had mentioned, there is the worst in the league by some margin. I think it's um, about seventy three and a half percent or something like that. Yeah, um, just short of 73.99. Right, okay. Right, yeah. So, 74 then. Too many on-man rushes. Sloppy defending at the start of the season. I think, to you know, give them a wee bit of credit, there is less of that now. Um, but overall, defending's still not that great. Killing hasn't been good, really, of late either. Even when we were winning. Um you know, there was kind of areas of improvement that we'd spoke about when we were recording these podcasts at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, we've conceded 51 goals in 13 games. Uh, and obviously, Clean was injured for a portion of that. But since he's come back, he's had an average of 88.39% in the last four games, which is slightly below his... 88.55% season average so you know you can blame the defence but I think you know they have improved slightly and statistically now we've got the worst goalie in the league yeah he's no sure. he's no Matt Matt Ginn no and I, and I think I, I have to say obviously at, at the start of the season I had highlighted him as thinking he was going to be very good 
And actually, at times, he is. But there mm-hmm. are definitely a, a couple of soft goals that every goal he lets in, but you notice them more when the team's struggling. And there have been a few recently, I think. You yeah. know, that the top goalies seem to save. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, well, I mean, even guys like Leclerc have come on to a game recently and they're, um, you know, producing now when it matters. Uh, I can't think of many other goalies in the league that are that are under 90% um, average, so uh, it is a problem area for us. That's kind of, that was basically my thoughts on the the team as it is. Um, yeah, I mean, just, just to add to that, uh, forwards-wise, there was the sort of jokey thing at, at the start when we were doing well about our Shot efficiency. I don't know if you remember that. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. But um, you know we're now. Uh, bottom of the table for shots for average a game, um, and that is. Twenty. We average twenty eight point seven shots a game, which is six shots less than the top team, which is Sheffield. Uh, shots against. We are 6th out of 10. We allow 32 shots against on average. And the best team, Belfast, allow 28. So four of a difference. The worst team, Manchester, allow 36. So a swing of sort of 8 goal, eight, um, eight shots either way there. We're in the middle for shots against. So I think that has probably improved slightly the shots against that we're conceding. But there yeah. there are times that I think we don't shoot enough as well. Um, yeah. We're not really getting as many goals, obviously, but as many horrible goals, really. A couple at the weekend where uh, I think Rouse was one where he sort of picked up in front of the net. Um, and possibly another one, but... Uh, I don't think there's enough enough of that really going on either. Yeah, I think there's not enough creativity in the final third. I mean, how, how many times have we seen it recently that you know, sad dump and chases come back, and it seems to be a lot of, a lot of play around the run about the boards, and um, you know, you, you kind of look at other teams in the league, and nobody really does that. Yeah, there's not the same excitement. Going forward, I don't think you don't feel like things are going to happen the same way that you you used to, and well, certainly maybe a bit at the start of the season, but also in past years. Um, there's no, there's nobody that. You know, we've had guys that have done really well, like Bierum, for example, but there's nobody that's kind of aside from those sort of guys that really gets you excited and think and you think, right, there's there's gonna be a chance here or we're gonna create a bit of stuff going forward and it's it's a shame. <laughs> I've said a shame again. <laughs> but it is, it's it's not good. It's dull. It is. Because yeah. that's it's the kind of yeah. stuff you wanna watch. Yeah, exactly. No, it's dull. You're right. That's a good word to summarise it. Um moving on, the next portion. Yeah. Uh, 
did you know today is the deadline for signing players in the league? Uh, I wasn't aware of specifically when it was now. Right. Well, it's today, so <laughs> I, I'm telling you. Right? Thank you. So, uh, but other teams in the league go out and find better players. Um, Sheffield and Coventry have, have done this with a with goalie position uh, this season, or you know at least kind of helped in some way. Yeah. Um, teams do this every year, but I can't ever remember us doing it for well, for a goaltender specifically. I don't remember us doing it. Uh, the kind of the only exception I can think of bringing someone in of a decent caliber was. Uh, Guillaume de set last year um, but that was after Josh Gratton had left so there would have been plenty of wages available I would sus- suspect um, other teams go out and actively still bring players in uh, Nottingham in particular have done this but Belfast, Sheffield Dundee, Guildford Manchester, they've done it sort of recently um, they've all brought in players that have improved their, their roster um, I just I, I don't think that we've that we've done that certainly this season but you know, even going back I don't really remember us doing that um, no and, yeah on you go um, you, you could an, an argument to that is obviously the money available for the top teams but then when you, you look at like you've said Manchester Dundee, uh, Dundee made their changes a while ago, didn't they? Maybe was it just before Christmas? Yeah, I don't remember. Just before New Year, but anyway, since New Year, they've got a, I think Pasha had said like a ten five and one record, something like that. Um, yes, and, it's just after Christmas. Eh? And they, uh, you know, have not got as much financial flexibility. I I, I would expect or hope, as we do. Uh, Manchester, as well, sim- similar kind of thing, but the guys that they've brought in, like, for example, that guy Frankie Melton, just an exciting player, fast, made, makes things happen from what I've seen, has done well when he's, since he's come in. We just don't have any exciting signings, really, do we, either? It's, it's not another dull thing. Like no offense to uh, Marcus Johnson and Sean Robertson, but they're not. They're not doing anything. They're just yeah, I, players. This is, this is the kind of this is the the point that I was uh, going to come on to. Yeah, carry on, carry on. Um. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll just start there. Then guys that we've brought in. Um, have been for quote injury cover um, and like you say as well the greatest respect to guys like Sean Robertson playing League 2 hockey in France last season not really a proper sort of stay at home guy um, that we've been crying out for uh, Marcus Johnson again a decent addition but not really the sort of calibre of um, you know guys like CJ Mott and Jason Binkley, Matthew Toussignon, uh, to those guys, obviously signing with Mr. Ba- Mr. Black's 
favourite team down in Nottingham. Uh, and two of them have been playing in the American League as recently in this season as well. So, uh, you know, get side guys like like Frank, Frankie Melton as well that you've mentioned. Uh, he's brought in at Manchester. Just guys that seem to work. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's that him as an example, just because I've seen him and some stuff that he's done, whatever, and liked it. Uh, he he wouldn't be a really expensive signing, but he's just been well scouted and somebody yeah. that will improve their team. Mm. And it's yeah. just not it's not really how we seem to do it. No, um, even even sort of before before uh, Frankie Melton, you had guys that we've spoke about as well, Vinnie. Scarcella and Matthew Siska um, sort of coming to the league f- relatively young and not really with a, a great deal of uh, you know sort of high level experience behind them but they're proven point scorers wherever they go um, Mike Hammond for us I think is a, a prime example um, you know we, we bring him in and there's not really the the sort of drive and determination to um, to keep him at, at the club after the year that he had and then obviously he follows Finnerty down to Manchester um, and spends you know two seasons there putting up an average of eight points um, a season as well um, and Guilford, even Guilford as well Braylon Schmier um, you know put Guys like that put up big numbers in the WHL and in the East Coast League. And he's only 22 years old. The same with Frankie Melton. So guys like yeah. that are out there, but where are they for us? Why why, why do we not find them? Is it like a lack of contacts? Is it poor... Well, it's obviously poor recruitment, but why are we not finding guys like that who obviously would be more attracted to come to let, let's be honest you'd be more attracted to come to Glasgow than you would coming to uh, Manchester I would think could be wrong though. you, could, you could, could be completely wrong and that's that's part of it Finity's obviously got some kind of pull uh, Pasha as well does it very well always has um, and they're sort of coming good and uh, Guilford, you know, I think they're fairly well off financially, but he's not like a an absolute star name, Schmier. So yeah. we're we're not getting any. Like, imagine if uh, another team signed Sean Robertson or Marcus Johnson. You just think that you know, there's you just think, well, that's Fine. no threat yeah. to us. Absolutely no threat. Yeah, yeah, I know that's the point. So we're. We're continually told um, that Clara rolls in the market to find better players. Um, so, like you touched on, either the scouting isn't up to scratch with whoever's doing that, or it's just simply not happening. So, which one is it? Yeah, I don't. The, we won't probably get into that because I don't really know how it works. I don't know if it's just agents <laughs> contact clubs and say. My players available. What do you think of them? 
we, they, we, will, we will get into it. <laughs> or, or we will, okay. But the impression from other teams is that they're actually looking at guys and saying he would improve this team as opposed to getting told that he might type thing. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, uh, I don't know. Gareth, like, Gareth Chalmers, in, in one of his blogs recently, said he's he's never seen this kind of thing before regarding injuries and uh, you know the kind of financial strain that that puts on the club, um, bringing in players as cover. We've brought in three players. One of them's left. Um, you know, to to make way for the for the third. So, how is bringing three import players two a net of two players in? How's that a strain on finances? When it's the fourth, when we are the fourth biggest supported team in the league. Who actually was it that left again? Scott Jacklin. Oh yeah. Okay. I genuinely had forgotten, and I wasn't just <laughs> saying that to prove a point, but again. Yeah, but again, uh, a dull, a dull player. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. Um, and and we're, we're allowed to say it, because yeah, because it absolutely is. Just talking about injuries, I would written this down as an aside. Did you see that Jordan Haywood, his why he is out for the season? I've not seen that. No. Right, so he was on the clan chat podcast thing. Basically, he gets. This is the third time he's had it, but he gets blood clots. Right. And uh, he's he's had to get like blood going blood thinning medication. And the advice is he, he can't play because if if he does play, and gets a cut or some kind of internal bleeding, then it becomes dangerous. But he said he'd had that two times before, and this is the third. So, um, it kind of. It's obviously really unfortunate, pretty serious, but it cast a... Not that we're getting into who's coming back next season, but the way he kind of talked about it, it, it said to me, you know, this would be... That was the last the last time it would happen and he wouldn't be he wouldn't be risking it again, but it's a pretty serious thing. He's obviously okay, but it just the medication stuff doesn't allow him to, to play. Yeah, so it's no, not, it's not, it's not a physical injury. No, that that is interesting, and, and um, again, though, if that if that had been an issue for him in the past, then why? I, I mean, obviously, it can happen at any time, and it's not, you know, you could go years without ever having it again. But yeah, why is that not? Why is that not coming up, or why, you know, whoever's recruiting not sort of thinking about that as a potential for, you know, if something went wrong, then. What's what's the plan B kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but no, I, I would agree on the the net plus two recruitment thing. It seems like kind of nonsense, and you'd think that you'd want to bring guys in to get the team improving again and get the crowds. It's that double edged sword, catch twenty two thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess you could throw Chad Smith into there as well. But really, I mean. He's not. Uh, yeah, it was. It was almost just we'll sign him because Fitzy gives Brits a chance and it makes us look good. To be honest. Yeah, well, this is the thing as well. So, obviously, he's. He's you know he he left Fife of his own accord, because he wasn't getting minutes. He's he's 
come to us and you count probably on, on one hand the number of minutes I've seen him play. Yeah. I You'll know. get out here and there, but I mean, really, we're not we're not playing well enough to be able to give guys like that a chance. No, I agree. But I mean, as long as obviously Fitzy is excited for the upcoming games, then <laughs> <laughs> it's all fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is kind of this is maybe about halfway anyway. So if you want to, okay. No, my my only part of that was the recent tweets that the club have released about. Fitzy being excited about the upcoming games and that that is news just annoyed me and there was one today that came out about him being excited about playing Nottingham to be honest I couldn't be any less excited about it <laughs> and I don't think he would be like fans really. are yeah no. nah. it's, not, it's not news it's just a nonsense story that he probably didn't even say that's just been written and we want to hear we want to read things that are exciting, not about people being excited when they're not. So, yeah, you want news. to hear you want to hear Fitzy coming out and saying it was not good enough. We've chucked these players and we're bringing in more, or it wasn't good enough because of this. Here's the real reason. Here's what's going to change. Uh, hopefully, you'll get behind us. Whatever, blah blah blah, but. I'm excited for the games because Nottingham are a good team and we've done all right against them, even though we're losing to basically every team. So we're looking to get back on track, see you on Wednesday kind of thing. I actually didn't even read it, but I bet that's what it says. No, I've not read it either. But no, who's enticed to go in with it? As you say, it's not news. News is, <laughs> oh, we've signed Brett Boomer for the rest of the season. He's playing against Nottingham. That's not. That's not news. I know. It's just. It's terrible. It's shit. And then they're probably about fifteen spelling mistakes and grammar errors in it <laughs> as well. Anyway. Yeah. I've not proofread mine, so. No, like, that's fine. But it won't. It won't it's only been read out unless somebody leaks it, so you'll be okay. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I just well, I briefly want to go back to to Pitt and Becker. Um, you know they've been excellent for us um, season after season, uh, and until now. So the only season that we tried to change things and bring in different players was John Tripp's year. I think we all know how that ended. So I think we've kind of been riding our luck with with Becker and, and Pitt. Uh, and now they're they're not performing to their usual high standards. So what what's the solution to that going forward? Yeah, it's either it's either a season too far, or it's just it shouldn't. Yeah, whether it was done and it, it's hard to say. Right at the start of the season when you sign them, we would have probably thought right good they're getting us. 50 points this season for example each it would probably have been hard to argue against that now obviously you can come out and say maybe right they're past it and they're not doing well and it is yeah they should they should be criticised as well because their standards should be better than what they're producing and I'm not I, I'm not I'm not saying that they're 
they're both sort of past it or or over a hill or anything like that. But I'm just you know equally they could come back next season and be brilliant. But it's just the fact that we're that we're sort of relying on them season after season. You know, the, again, it's uh, going back to the scouting thing. There's nothing really. But how difficult is it to find? I mean, it obviously is difficult to find, but guys that, you know, guys that put up scores, some good good point scorers, and like like we've touched on, they don't need to be from the big leagues. You can find guys that score quite a lot, and, you know, they, they won't cost you as much as the, as the bigger-named guys that score, but... I know. Chances are they'll come in and do a job. Yeah, I, there is a there is a serious issue with the recruitment. I think I think we just expected that, um, that all these guys that have done it before would do it again, and you can understand that to an extent. But to not be able to to change it at all, and we know they've not been doing well for weeks now. And I don't know how many different line combinations and stuff he's tried, but. That's probably not the answer. I don't really know what you can do about it. It's just not. It's just backfired. Um, but you look at some of the other coaches. I know we go back to them a lot, but Pasha seems to just find new guys a lot of the time that do well. Mm-hmm. And why? Yeah. Why are we not finding? Uh, like, I know. Okay, the team. You can't just say this. This is a bit. It's a bit too black and white. But teams are built differently. So Dundee's team, for example, to me at the moment is a lot more exciting. Uh, they're a yeah. faster team. Seem to be younger. They play a certain way at times, but you know they're like. He's, he's, he goes through different teams every year but still kind of manages to maintain a level of excitement and competition and whatever like Kevin Dufour for example good player done really well in the league probably not the most expensive player that you could have signed um, some of their defencemen that have done really well Alex Leclerc their goaltender Um they're getting all these guys. We're not. Yeah. Anyway, it's just the same kind of shit. No, I know. No, but it's... They're all good points. Do you know what I mean? It's... It all adds up. Um, I think... I think the players... Still care. And I think they still want to win. But for whatever reason, the confidence that we've had's gone. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, but in a... You know, but in a real dog fight now to just make the playoffs again, um, and it's just not good enough. Two games we had at the weekend they were massive. Uh, you know, we, I, we've played well in spells, and um, but the reality is we've found ourselves even further back and looking at teams behind us and another zero point weekend. Um, maybe the team played well on Sunday. Uh, but you know it's just it's it's not it's not enough really. Someone actually on on Twitter had mentioned that we've we've won eight games out of the last twenty eight. So that's a twenty nine percent win percentage. 
And yeah, I mean, yes, we've had injuries like, like no other season. But I was mainly before Christmas. You know, uh, back at full quarter now. Um, for for that weekend there, and we still can't find the drive to go and take points from from at least one of the games. So we can no longer use injuries as an excuse. Um, Matthew was a massive loss. Obviously, there's there's no denying that. Um, but you know, again, touching on it, guys like Scott Jacklin, Marcus Johnson, they're not going to come in and. and so I take over the mantle of uh, Mathieu Roy, um, because they're, they're too similar to to what we have. They're too similar to, you know, like said, Scott Tansky, Mikael Tamer, you know, hard workers, yeah, but not the type of player that they can come in and help when your Pitts and your Beckers and your, <laughs> your Rouse of this world aren't, aren't putting up the points that we need. Yeah. You don't... Tansky, Sorry, I'll just. I, I know this is kind of going on, but I will. I will wrap it up soon. No, that's fine. Uh, Tansky was out for for a couple of months there before we decided that we were going to bring somebody in to fill the gap. Um. Da da da. Talked about Chad Smith. <laughs> played short. Well, played short for a, a long period there, um, before Christmas, and then with the, the sort of run of games that we had after it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's no wonder that we were we were losing the vast majority of the games. Um, even the, you know the guys that we did have fit were were knackered or you know probably playing through some kind of injuries if they could. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we didn't start well in the league, we'd probably be bottom at the moment. Yeah, I think I think our um, our form I think we're ninth. Yeah, uh, and you know we we got a a ton of points at the start and obviously Fife have, have had their trouble um, but we'd be we'd be a lot worse off if it hadn't been for that start but now it's not it's not a case where the start's papering over the cracks I think the paper's like flying away down the street in the storm and storm the cracks are, yeah the cracks are like caverns Um <laughs> Is there just a, is there just going to be a storm every week as well? By the way, possibly, yeah. Seems like it. Possibly, um, it's hard when they've got no confidence and you can't just get that back. Um, but this this thing about hard working team, I'm almost not interested in a in a <laughs> hard working team. I'd ra- I'd rather go and see games where guys like some guys aren't really hard workers but they're exciting to watch and they're making things happen. I think we're almost too focused on hard work at times in the recruitment like uh, Tansky and you, you need some of these guys definitely because we touched upon that. I'm not going back on what we'd said but there's almost uh, a bit much of that now and it, and it changes the way we're playing and now guys are thinking, right, we're not working hard enough, so we need to work harder, and then they forget about, uh, you know, the, the the talent that they've got, for example, and then, you know, it sort of swings and roundabouts. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, that is a good point as well. Um, so just my last point, mm-hmm. 
um, there's overall there's no sort of plan B with the organisation. I think I think we've tried to be positive on on this podcast in recent months, um, but there's only so much rope you can give really. For for Fitzy, it's 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 been a tough season. Um, at the moment, I can't I can't see him being here. Um, certainly not as a head coach uh, for next season, unless we miraculously make the playoff final weekend. Um, assuming that we make the playoffs, um, and again, I think we'll find ourselves with another big summer ahead. And in my opinion, I don't think we've got the right people there um, to take the club forward and make the next step. The end. The end. That was good. I liked that. Case closed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a steep learning curve for him, but it just seems at the moment so deflated as well, and. Uh, it's sort of a reflection of the team. It's uh, it's pretty pretty poor, um, and you know the the upcoming games this weekend. Sorry, we've got one midweek against Nottingham on Wednesday at home. Which, let's be honest, Nottingham are one of the one of the form teams which we always seem to be coming up against, and then following that we are up against the form team again, Coventry at home. So two home games, one midweek. Um, but the way we've been playing, are we going to get any points from that? Probably not. Yeah, I agree. No, I don't. I, I just I can't see it. Like you said, to to the the informed teams in the league. Um, the way we are playing, we might play well for a, a period here and there, but I don't think we're going to get sixty minutes out out of the team. Um, yeah, I mean, and even if even if we do, I don't know if it would be better than than what Nottingham or, or Coventry will give you at this point. Yeah, I mean Nottingham uh, doing really well recently. They're now into third. Um, very dangerous, good players added to their team. Physical, good goaltending. Now we just we're just not. I don't. I just don't think we're going to be able to to cope with them. Obviously, hope, hope we're wrong. And then Coventry on paper, I would say we've got more of a chance. Um, and we have, we did beat them. I think the last time. We played them at home, didn't we? Uh, which was the game yeah. after. The time after the the eight six or whatever. So we can. It's not like a Guildford where we just can't. But, um, they're the best team at the moment. In the the best form team Coventry, and coming off that game on Sunday, they didn't play that well. Still managed to beat us. Uh, so as negative as it's sounding, and I really don't want to be, but kind of have to be. Um, we'll be looking at zero points there, and the teams around us, uh, where, you know, the games are evening out. The games played. And the points are close, Dundee and Manchester. Well, Manchester are on the same points as us. Played a game more. And Dundee are, have played a game more, but one point less. So that, that can swing this weekend. We'll be sitting in ninth. And even 
even Fife can manage to win, believe it or not. So, I mean, I think they're probably still giving themselves too much to do, as we've said, but we've got how many games against Fife left? Uh, one. Yeah. One game against Fife away. No guarantee we'll win that. Uh, just looking at the other games coming up, we've got Manchester home and away. We've got Dundee home and away. We've got Guildford away, which is just a write-off. <laughs> twice, twice actually. So that's nasty. Uh, and then our last two games. Um, and so the last three games are Guildford away, Cardiff at home, and Nottingham at home. So, right. depending where other teams are sitting there, uh, you know, we're really scratching for points there. And if we don't make the playoffs, I almost won't be surprised now. No, definitely not. This is, um, I guess, the kind, of, the kind of point that I was trying to get across is, you know, the confidence is, is gone. Um, looking at other teams, and again, you've mentioned that the teams that we're, that we're going to come up against are... Um, are either uh, trying to trying to get into the playoffs, or you know the, the league's still up for grabs. I think at this point, so um, it's it's kind of it's all for the taking. So no other teams will be uh, lying down to us. So it's and you know it's it's up to it's up to Fitzy and it's up to the team to. Find find it again from from somewhere uh, between now and the end of the season. I think just sort of generally overall, it's you know it, ha- it has been tough um, for for Fitzy to sort of come in and do this. I think you'd mentioned that as well. Obviously, he's a first managerial role, and it's not um, you know he kind of thrown in the fire a wee bit when uh, obviously when, when Pete Russell. Uh, left, um, although he did, he did have the majority of the the off season. Yeah. Um. And you know, as a a huge learning curve uh, for him, I think. I think you know some some fans had uh, had mentioned about how when when Becker was out and he was on the bench that the teams seemed to be playing better, and then when Becker came back, that was when the the problems started kind of thing. I don't, I don't believe that uh, necessarily. Although, you know, the the stats would would suggest otherwise. But I think, um, it's maybe good for him to have someone else on the bench as well that uh, they can help him out. But then the amount of injuries and stuff that we've had, that there has been guys on the bench. Yeah, I mean, with a with a Jordan Haywood on the bench for. The past few weeks, if yeah. Beck if Beck had been on the bench as the secret, then why does Fitzy not know that and put Becca back on the be- <laughs> on the bench? Then? I mean, it's not it's not that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't think it is. But if if that's the kind of thing people want to try, then I don't know. He's he's not good. Seems to be exhausting all the other options, and we we're sort of. 
going in circles, as we've said. Um, Neil Hewitson, thanks for your your response on Twitter. But while we're on the subject of of this, he's said that the playoff place comes down to the next six games. Panthers, Blaze twice, Storm twice and Stars. We need six points minimum. Of those six, best if we get them from Storm and Stars. Let's see if the team are up for the challenge. That is awful positive, Neil. And you're more positive than us. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Panthers probably were not getting anything from there. Blaze times two. Mm, still unlikely, I would say. Manchester twice and Dundee. So if you're looking for six points, it needs to be twice from Manchester and once from Dundee. Uh, Dundee will come in confident against us, having you know, done well recently in Manchester. Uh, not not quite tearing the league up, but they did. Uh, they can produce a couple of results and they had a, a close game with us recently, so even getting two points from that is, is going to be difficult the way it is. So we'll just have to wait and see, but, um, you know, just... Yeah, cl- closing the the hockey off. I was I was gonna say we could we could do our predictions and stuff, but I think we should just round the hockey stuff off here. Um, Sounds good. Uh, if you've got, unless you've got anything else on that, I, I just mean I think that's a it's a good a good discussion, and rather than do the predictions and stuff this week, that we just we just move on for a bit to, to end the episode. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Um, out of interest, on the predictions, I did get one point from a power pick. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was going yeah. <laughs> I won't, I won't uh, miss that. I was going to get two, but Coventry yeah. sort of threw it away against Cardiff a bit. Uh, so just the one, um, and unfortunately none for you. So what is that? Am I just one behind now, overall? I don't know what the total is, but I thought it was... Yeah, I think so. Thought it was two behind, so maybe just one overall. Um, yeah. But no, clan wise, a good discussion there. A lot to a lot to think about. But going forward, it's uh, it's doom and gloom, and we'll continue <laughs> to bring you that <laughs> on an episode yeah. by episode basis. Yeah. No, it's um, yeah. But there's a lot to unpack in that. But just say I thought. It was a good discussion. Was, uh, I think we agreed on on most most things there. So uh, and we know obviously that some of the fans are a bit disgruntled or disillusioned now as well. So um, it's good to good to get that off my chest. Yep, well written, well put. And if Cheers it gets mate. if it it's gets good. leaked out, then just don't associate yourself with it. Alright, I was going to say it's getting, it's getting published next week. Alright, I'll do that if you want. <laughs> um, Alright, so just moving on then. Uh, we've got a bit of time to just talk about some other things. Uh, European football coming up this week. We touched on it briefly, I think, last week, didn't we? But um, there were still some games between then and now. So, uh, Copenhagen for Celtic, from your point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a tie that I think uh, Celtic will go through comfortably in. 
you're at it. Did I not? When was it? Was it last time I said Rangers would drop points and Celtic would comfortably beat Hearts? You did, yeah. And it happened. So just credit to you. You should just accept. Just accept it's going to happen. I know, but I can't. I just, I can't just because. Um, I've been watching Celtic since. <laughs> since I was born. Uh, since I was born, but. Uh, I don't know. They just they can always sort of throw in a, a weird result here and there. So. Uh, I'm always sort of cautious to go out on a limb like that. What do you think? Like, you must honestly think though that they'll be they'll be okay in that tie and they'll go into the next the next round. I think we're in a good chance, yeah. Um, as as draws go, it's probably a, one of the more favourable ones. But um, again, you you never really know with Celtic in European competitions. So yeah. Uh, especially in European competitions, for that matter. So, uh, we'll see what happens. But a good, uh, a good game on on Thursday will will set us up well for the for the return leg. It was good to get the the home leg second, I think, as well. Yeah, I mean, in recent years, I suppose there's been the the issue with away performances in Europe. But more recently, um, they've they've produced some some really good stuff. So. Mm-hmm. I think maybe with that confidence and how how the league's going, they'll rightly go into that thinking. Um, we'll be too good for for Copenhagen. I don't. I don't see there being any real issues away from home, and then coming back to it's is it next Thursday the home one or is it two weeks time? Yeah, it's next week. Right. Yeah. So. I don't know. I I just don't see. I don't see any issues there. Um, and then ov- obviously in the league the the 10 point cushion that's kind of appeared from nowhere really um, pretty quickly uh, it's for me as well league's, league's a bogey, league's done <laughs> even with the game in hand even with the game in hand I think it's now at a stage where you think probably Celtic will win I I have a feeling that they'll win games now, when I when I think about them and you're kind of thinking now Rangers have got the possibility to drop points. But whereas before Christmas, um, both of them I think were were going pretty well. But I can just see, I can just see Rangers dropping more points if I'm honest. Um, and then if the the old firm games were played now. I think Celtic in this form would be, would win, one if not both of them, um, pretty well. So, they, they probably depend on the form going in a wee bit more, uh, but, you know, ten points is a lot. With how many games left? Ten, eleven, twelve, more than that. Yeah, I think, I think it was like about that. twelve. Yeah. Twelve games left. Um, yeah, it's it's a good point that you make. Um, I think. With that, uh, you know, with the the point gap, um, Celtic would need to to drop points in in three games, um, for you know for Rangers to sort of capitalise on that. And with the way that Celtic are playing just now, it's it's difficult to see um, that that's going to happen. 
but you know, you never really know. Um, there are a few uh, hard games coming up. Um, you know, so they've got Kilmarnock at the weekend, and then they're away to to Livingston the, the weekend after. And we know what happened there the last time, um, and obviously the the two games uh, against Rangers. So. Yeah, it's certainly in a good position. I'll say that. And then, then the driving scene is in, it's in their hands. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think there's too much more, more to say than that. You'd be, I think if you're if you're worrying too much about it, then, um, then you shouldn't be. Basically. Then don't. <laughs> then don't. Yeah. Um. Elsewhere, you you sort of brought it up before the recording, but. The new James Bond. Well, I've actually got something else that I've mentioned, but the new James Bond song, Billy Eilish. Um, I actually like the song. I think it's good. Uh, it's um, a wee bit different to what I thought it was going to be like with her singing it. Like I, I yeah. thought, it, I thought it was. There's bits of it that are kind of a different style for, but I think it's a good song. And overall, as a fan, I like it, and I think it will be good in the film. And it kind of the lyrics seem to be related to topics that I believe will occur in the film, which is not always the case. So, don't know. I just like it. I think, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I was I was really surprised. I think um, listening to it, you can you can see yourself sort of sitting in the cinema and that you know sort of playing at the start to um, to open the film. I think it's a a really good song. Um, I was a bit surprised. I think a lot of people were that um, Billy Eilish was chosen to to sing it, but um, having heard it. Uh, a number of times now it's it is a really good song um, fair fair play yeah I mean fair she's, a, she's a, a trending artist at the moment yeah um, I guess that was and the some of the other some of the other stuff, I mean I'm not the world's biggest music fan by any means but some of her other songs I don't like and some of them I don't mind so that's why I wasn't really sure what what it would be like but I think it it fits it fits James Bond songs a lot of people have said it's depressing and sad and stuff and it it is compared to some of the the other James Bond theme songs but uh, I just think it goes well with what I think the film will be like and also kind of her style so nice it's good I look forward yeah, to it. Um, I think it does fit in well with the film. Um, I can, I don't know, I, people saying it's uh, depressing and stuff, but um, <laughs> it's not, uh, for me, it's, it's not about that. I think you look at um, the past a few Bond films, you know, you've had Adele and, and Sam Smith do them and uh, you could argue that they are depressing as well, you know, if that's a kind of yeah. way of thinking about it. So yeah, I mean, I I'm biased in a way in that basically, although also honest, I think it would have to be a 
if it if I didn't like it, then I would I would definitely say I actually didn't mind the Sam Smith song, didn't mind the Adele song. Some of the yeah. other ones, past I I didn't really like, but um, the film them and Shem. I didn't like the. Was it the Jack White one? No, I, I, I quite liked that. Let me just uh, go through the list for you, if you want to, if you want me to name and shame. <laughs> so that was that was Quantum of no. Solace. That one wasn't it? Um, the Jack White one. Uh, he was Quantum of Solace. Yeah, it was it was wishy washy. The one for Casino Royale with uh, what's his name? Uh, I don't, I don't well, remember that unfortunately currently googling um, <laughs> but I'm thinking back I like the songs I like are I like Live and Let Die I think that's a classic I like Goldfinger yeah yeah um, those are classics yeah right, right here we go come back so I can correct this Um. Casino Royale was You Know My Name by Chris Cornell. You probably know it if you heard it. Uh, mm. Die Another Day, Madonna. Wasn't great. World Is Not Enough, Garbage. Not great. Tomorrow Never Dies, Sheryl Crow. Mm, not great. Golden Eye. Alright. License to Kill, Gladys Knight. Quite like that. So on, so on. What did I not like? Didn't like... I don't like some of the Shirley Bassey songs. Right. Controversial. I don't really like Diamonds Are Forever, but I do like Goldfinger. Mm. I, I quite like both of them. Uh, I... Moonraker's yes. sort of less well-known, I guess. It's alright. Lulu's mm. Man With A Golden Gun, that was a bit weird. Mince. <laughs> Um, but anyway, just, yeah. it's, it's a bit of a tangent, but um, yeah, you, you tend to get, it's not really any relation to how good the film is either, so we'll see, um, but it's obviously the last the last Daniel Craig film, so I think it's a bit of a, a rounding up of his story, since mo- all of his, his films have kind of been connected with the same backstory. So I think this one yeah. will sort of round that off, but um, we'll see. The other thing that I wanted to end with is what is TikTok? <laughs> what is it? Do you know what it is? I believe it's a. Well, I actually genuinely don't know what it is. I believe it's something like like Vine, what Vine used to be. Right. Um, I, I think I, I'm assuming anyway. I don't, I don't have TikTok, um, but as a phone app that you can record daft videos uh, and put them out on into the world of the internet for right randomers to see. Is it any relation? Is it is music a fundamental part of it, or am I just misreading that? Miss. Placing that as yes, a yeah. 
I'm not quite sure about this either. So or is it just purely a video thing? So like, I'm seeing this stuff about all these football clubs that are now getting an official TikTok stuff account and all this. Right. And I've actually genuinely didn't know what it was because I've never really looked at any of it. Um, no, I've uh, I've never really looked at it either. I'm guessing there's some there's some kind of way that you can uh, embed music into the video. I don't know how it works. Um, I think well, I'm assuming you can do that. I don't I don't remember. I try to think now because I had fine, but I don't I don't remember ever having the ability to be able to do that with uh, with any video that I made, although I think other people did. Right. So again, I'm not really sure how it works. Um, yeah, I was going to... Re- to, to answer your question. I was going to look into it in more detail for this, but it's not worth it. <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> had seen a lot of stuff about it and didn't really know if it was a music thing or not, I actually don't think it is. The more I look at it, but right. but maybe it confused me that the logo is like a musical note, mm. or sort of looks like it. Yep. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think it's just a a video sharing platform. It's a Chinese-owned social video sharing app. Users can shoot, edit, and share fifteen-second video. <laughs> Videos <laughs> jazzed up with filters, music, animation, special effects, and more. That's it, right? Right. Okay. What makes it different? Blah 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 blah. Uh, it's powered by machine learning, so it combines artificial intelligence with the growth of the internet. Blah blah blah. So it learns about how you use it and all that shit. Anyway, nonsense. Right. right I'm glad I know. I'm not getting it. See, because I remember reading something recently, or not maybe not that recently, but about the possibility that Vine was going to come back. And then I, I learned today that the the guys that created Vine created that HQ trivia app. Mm-hmm. Now the one where it's like, um, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you've, seen diverse users or not but um, you can go you can go onto it and yeah answer questions in a certain amount of time and uh, if you're still there after 10 questions or whatever it is you get like a a share of the that's a cash prize at the end uh uh-huh. but that's gone bankrupt has it? right yeah so um, they've gone from Vine to that to something else, I assume, but yeah, well, I do. I do remember seeing that a bit, but it wasn't something I was. I was a user of myself. One of the guys, um, one of the two guys that had created Vine, um, was found dead in December twenty eighteen, I think. Um. So I don't. There's maybe there's maybe more to that than we think. Possibly, possibly, um, but no, that that's just become that's just become dark now after me asking what TikTok <laughs> was. So, so sorry, yeah, sorry about folks, that. it's got got to be a bit serious. 
Maybe maybe for next that. time I'll get a TikTok account and we'll TikTok some of this recording as we do it. But TikTok on on clan season. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely is yeah. Second um, down to the, the last game. Yeah, maybe maybe they're missing a club TikTok account and that'll really springboard the remainder of the season. But somehow I doubt it. I think we're past TikTok. Unfortunately. So. Right. Um that was good. Good writing from you there. Um maybe you should do it. you should write a few thousand words every week and just read it to the willing audience. Yeah. Well you know, people can have their their own opinions on it. Um just wanted to, to share mine. We've we've got this platform to be able to do it, so why not? Indeed, yep. Hopefully it changes something for the better. There's almost certainly won't, but it's funny to think that it might. Um, and we'll see. But none of this positive stuff anymore. It's all, it's all negative from here. So Either that or it'll just backfire on us. <laughs> yeah, we might get shut down. Yeah, we'll get told, <laughs> we'll get told to take it off. Um, and if that's the case, then Good. <laughs> then it has. Then it has had an impact. It's had an impact. And we are we are changing lives. So here's here's the episode seventy. It will forever be remembered as, um, as the as the, the game set. changer. That's when it all yeah. changed. <laughs> anyway, we'll cheers for turning up and listening, folks, and. Uh, we will catch you next time with another episode of the best Glasgow-based hockey podcast. Two minutes for a chat. Good night. Or not. <laughs> or not, yeah. Right, fuck off the lot of you. <laughs> <laughs>